Welcome to the Career Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Nassar Ahmed. I am the founder and the managing editor of the blog, CareerMarriage.com. This is episode 54 of the Career Marriage Podcast. And uh, this episode is uh, uh, what I call uh, a part of the Leadership Expert Series. So uh, if you're a young professional or if you have recently just started your career, you're always uh, looking for ways to grow and one of the key skills to build throughout your career is leadership skills. So I've decided to bring on leadership experts, leadership coaches um, who have helped other individuals to improve their skills. And this is what the part of the leadership expert series is all about. And for today's leadership expert series episode, I'm interviewing Susan Barber, who is actually a leadership coach, is uh, also a leadership development specialist. Susan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, I, what I want, I always start off my interviews with the first question I always ask is, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from outside of Chicago, between Chicago and Milwaukee is where I live. Okay. And uh, is, is the name of the town or the city? Uh, it's really small. Most people probably wouldn't have heard of it. Uh, it's Lake Villa, but it's uh, west of Gurney. If anybody's been to Gurney Mills or Six Flags, it's not too far from there. Okay. So for those who, including myself, for those who have never been there, uh, could you share uh, share with us uh, something like a fun fact about the place, which uh, most people would not know unless they have been there or lived there? Hmm. Well, it's not the biggest of towns, but uh, we do have a lot of lakes around here. So it's a big boating area. We live on a lake subdivision. So if you're interested in fishing or boating uh, or ski, you know, water skiing, it's kind of a, a nice little town for that because there's a lot of lakes to pick from to do that. Actually, it's th- that sounds like a very timely thing to do because it's, <laughs> it's, I'm recording this on uh, the early the beginning of May, uh, the weather is just turning the corner, so everybody's getting geared up to go uh, to start fishing, go out camping, so it's perfect timing for that, I guess. Exactly. So I always like to hear from my guests their version of their bio. Um, so I'd like to hear a little bit. I, I did a very brief introduction. I think it was a one-liner, and usually I don't do justice for <laughs> an introduction for someone like you who has been doing this for many years. So. Can you please uh, walk us through, tell us who you are and what do you do? Sure. So I spent uh, 25 plus years in a corporate company and had many different roles. I started in sales and supply chain and then ended up with the last half of my career in IT. So I didn't come into the leadership route maybe the way most people do, which is generally through HR. Uh, I had many teams globally and had teams that reported to me from a remote standpoint. So I learned a lot about remote leadership. And I always found that my passion was really around helping people and leaders develop. And I started different organizations to be able to do that, to help women advance their leadership and doing that across 100 locations 
really just spoke to me about the opportunities that people are looking for to really reach out to someone and know that they're not the only one going through situations. And as I started looking at my own career, I realized that because I love that so much, I had an opportunity to uh, take a package from my company when we went through a merger. And I thought, you know, this is the time to really start to get into coaching, which is what I had been doing a little bit on the side and started getting my certification on the side. I thought this is the time to really make this happen. And so I started my own business and have been really coaching individuals and groups in organizations and um, outside of organizations just to help them gain confidence learn how to do more around self-promotion, gain visibility for themselves. And I find that a lot of times um, these opportunities are available for executive level, but my opportunity is really to focus on mid-management. The people who are new to managing, new to leading a team, have just been given this opportunity and are really not really sure where to start. And so when I write a blog every day, it's really with those people in mind is how can I help them see that there's opportunities for them to do things that will make them better, will help them grow and develop, and to just know that they're not the only one going through it. Thank you for that introduction. And during that introduction, you did mention a few things such as gaining visibility, promotion. And I would, as, as we go along in this interview, I'd like to expand on those. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask you a very simple question. And I, pardon me for asking this dumb question um, because everybody has a different definition of leadership. So how if, if someone like if someone were to ask you what does leadership mean uh, to you, how would you describe it? Well, you know, and there's a zillion different definitions of leadership out there, too. So <laughs> uh, everybody has their different take on it. But I mean, to me, it's about really taking the initiative to set a vision, to motivate people to do their best, to help develop and grow them, and to really see them reach the potential and the capability that they have. And they may not even know that they have because no one's ever believed in their in their abilities and their capabilities to do things uh, beyond what they ever thought was possible. So I think that's really the role of the leader is to be that person who's kind of their cheerleader behind the scenes, helping them get there. Fair enough. So you, it's, you're talking about empowerment, right? So you're empowering them. So you're empowering people who follow you to so they get better and they do better things with their career. So that's. Did I understand that correctly? With your yeah. Definition? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, what would you say would be the top three qualities of a good leader, in your opinion? You know, that is. I love that question. Uh, to me, it is about being a really good listener. It is about asking the right questions of people. So you're not telling them what to do. You're asking them, you know, what the have they done? What have they accomplished? And really helping to clear barriers away for them so that they can succeed on their own. Um, that's not always something that I did when I first started. I didn't uh, understand how to do that well. I was used to being an individual contributor and doing things on my own. And I think when you're in that role, and many people are, uh, when you transition to be a leader, you have to think about doing things through others and not doing them yourself. And so for me, that was a really big lesson of how can I do that in a way that helps them grow and develop. And we still accomplish our goals as a team, mm -hmm. but it's not me doing all the work. Interesting. So a uh, lot of people, when they think of leader, they think of uh, a charismatic, boisterous individual who is giving marching orders. Right. And your definition is 
you mentioned listening skills and a lot of people listening to this probably would not have guessed that as a, <laughs> as a quality of a leader and so so on one extreme people have this vision of a leader you know someone who gives marching orders who is asking people you should do this then you have one example you said listening skills so i would like uh, if, i'd like you to expand on that listening skills why is that so important why does it sound contrarian yeah i mean i think a lot of people's definition of a leader is you know you think about getting results and people telling other people what to do and then they go do it and make it happen um what i found is that that works up until a point and i think as you get into higher management your goal is not to tell people what to do but it's to help them learn how to problem solve to be able to do those things on their own and if you are the one always telling them what to do they're never going to develop those muscles of problem solving and really building relationships with their clients and their peers and teammates to to accomplish goals as you know on their own so to me listening is about hearing what they're saying to you you know where is their issue what is their struggle what have they already tried to do and not just giving them the answer. I mean, that's the point of trying to develop new leaders. Someone gave me a, a something to think about, and I'll share it with your audience because it really resonated with me, which is what I thought I was supposed to do was be kind of super, superwoman. You know, I, I had my cape and I was going out and solving all the world's problems. But when you become a leader, you have to build other superheroes. And how can you do that? You know, it's not up to you to tell them how to be a superhero. It's up to you to help them develop and become their own superheroes. So I had to put my cape in the closet, so to speak, and allow them to grow and develop. And they're going to make mistakes. And you're there to help say, what would you do different next time? And that's where the listening can come into play. It's not, you know, picking on them or, you know, telling them all this bad stuff and saying you did this wrong. It's what would you do differently next time? Okay, fair enough. That's uh, that's a that's a great answer. The next question I wanted to go into is the reason. Before I go into the dynamics of being a better leader, I wanted to ask you this question. Uh, for someone listening to this, let's say uh, a young professional or a millennial, whatever term you want to use, and they are in their twenties or early thirties, why is why should they consider uh, leadership? Like they are doing their job for a few years. What are the benefits of for them? to improve their leadership skills? One of their benefits, I think, is just being more visible and growing in their own confidence. Uh, when I first started myself um, in a leadership role, I thought, you know, this is a little overwhelming. I'm not really sure where to start. I'm not sure what to do. And I got myself a mentor at work and, you know, who really helped me understand, you know, what I could do and how I could help change other people's lives as a leader. And I think that just helped me grow in my own confidence and see what I could accomplish. So, you know, I would say one thing to consider is that not everybody needs to manage people to be a leader. I mean, you can be a leader at any stage in your career and you can volunteer for projects. You can get visibility on different initiatives, even volunteer initiatives and leading a group like that. Everybody, I think, has this vision that they have to go up the ladder and to go up the ladder, you have to manage a big team. And that's great if you're someone who really enjoys that. And if you're not, then there's other ways to get leadership visibility, but it's not necessarily always has, it doesn't always have to be through managing a team. And I think that's sometimes the only path that people can see to really go up the ladder. You, you, you now I want to get into the dynamics. Uh, 
you didn't mention this confidence and so someone is an individual contributor how do they make a transition to becoming a leader and what are some of the steps they can take so the first thing i always advise people is to really understand who you are so what are your strengths what are your values what is important to you as a person because those things are going to be the foundation of how you become a leader for other people. So it's important that you know who you are, uh, what things you value, what strengths you have, because those things are going to be tested. They're going to be pushed and pulled uh, when you manage a team. So knowing yourself is probably the first step I would take. And um, the second is getting a good mentor or a coach to help advise you along the way, because you're going to run into situations that you are not prepared for, uh, things that you have never encountered as an individual contributor, and now you're going to have to deal with as a leader. And then the other things I would say are learning how to listen, as I talked about, uh, understanding more about motivation and how to really uh, help people progress. Uh, Because you have to help them as a leader get visibility for the projects. You as a leader have to help understand how to manage your own management. So how do you manage up? How do you have conversations with them? Uh, I, I try to write a lot of blogs about this because I feel like there's so much to know and it uh, can be overwhelming. So I don't want to overwhelm your audience by telling them every little thing to do. But I think those are good building blocks to start with. Mm-hmm. And then you just continue to evolve. So if you can listen to podcasts, listen, read books, listen to, um, you know, different audiobooks if, if that's your preferred method of reading or listening to audiobooks to just continue to grow and learn more about your own leadership and who do you want to be as a leader? Mm-hmm. Because that's really something that I think you have to have as a foundation. One of the last things you mentioned is asking yourself the question, who do you want to be as a leader? So we are talking about vision, right? Um, so I do have a question here that I was going to ask, and I'll ask it right now from an, uh, from an audience. Uh, how do you ensure success of a vision? So how do you balance between vision? Uh, so when you think of vision, I'm thinking about Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, and all these great leaders, and uh, between you, the vision you have and also making sure that your employees or the people following you are also happy. How do you balance that? Hmm. Well, I think, you know, first of all, you start off with what is your vision? Communication is is a big thing in that respect. You have to do it and you may have to do it multiple times in multiple ways. And it's all to me, there's a lot of culture building around that. So what is the vision and does your culture support it in your organization? Are all the things that you do around the values of the organization supporting that vision as well? So it's almost like you have to have these supporting Uh, pieces around it to make sure that everyone understands the vision and where it's going. The other thing is I would not make it too complicated. Um, Sometimes there is this thought that you need to make this big grandiose vision and it doesn't always have to be super complicated. It can be very simple, but something that anybody in your organization can repeat to anyone else that they meet. And so I think that's where you want to just paint a vision and a picture that people can resonate with and then check in with them on a regular basis. Do they see that we're heading towards the vision? Do they have feedback about where we're not heading towards that vision? And thinking about that, and maybe that's through a survey, maybe that's through a town hall discussion, but it's about just checking in along the way because you do want to make sure that you're not 
losing the people that they're still remaining engaged, that they still believe in the vision. Otherwise, you may need to, you know, do a little bit of a change and pivot a little bit and have a conversation with them about where you're really going so that they're clear. That That, that is, uh, I think that there's a fine balance, isn't it? Like just to uh, making sure that you're communicating. So the key skill is communicating that properly so you're not overwhelming the people who are relying on you for your uh, advice and recommendations. Right. Okay. So I've asked you the why and also the how. What I'd like to ask you next is, what are some of the tangible things people can do? Uh, you, you give, like if, if someone came to you today and said, Susan, I want to get promoted. I want to become a manager or a leader. What are the top three things I can start doing today? What would you recommend? Well, first, I would probably ask them why they want to be a leader, mm-hmm. uh, because I think it's important that they understand what's driving them for this. And it's a, it's an interesting question to ask people, because I think it's, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, this is how I get promoted. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to understand if that's true, okay, understand what that means. It means that your your life needs to change a little bit in the way you think about things. Your paradigm has to change in how you get things accomplished. And so I feel like it's a good question to ask so that you, as a person who wants to be that leader, have a really clear understanding about what that means for you and how you need to change the way you think about things. And do your strengths play to that leadership kind of capability? And for many people, you know, if they have an interest in leadership, they're already going to have those, I will call them kind of more the soft skills, the people side of things that they care about that. So that's probably the first question I would ask. Uh, Then I would go through some of those other things that I mentioned, which is learning what your strengths are, reflecting on what your values are and why those things um, are driving you towards leadership. And then I would, um, as I mentioned, just spend some time really focusing on learning more about leadership, uh, doing some assessments to help you understand your own leadership traits. Everybody has certain natural abilities that they need to tap into. And if there are other things that they want to work on, then they can do that. But I think if you can understand what your own natural abilities are and really use those as a kind of a springboard and strength to continue to grow those, um, it will really help you. So just, it really, to me, gets down to understanding who you are and how can you be the best leader that you can be for other people. So the takeaway for me from your uh, last answer was begin with the why rather than the how and what to do. Yeah. Begin with the why and that'll help you chart the course. Um, okay, fair enough. And continuing on the dynamics, um, if you're working for a corporation and it's crowded, meaning there are so many people in the same position, how do you how do you gain visibility? How do you make yourself visible so that you are considered for that uh, that move upwards? Yeah, this was a lesson I I didn't learn early enough in my career. So if anyone can learn from my lesson, (laughs) I would love to share that. Um, I think, you know, there's some people who are overly comfortable with self-promotion and they do it a lot. And there are others who may be a little bit more introverted personalities and it's just, it doesn't come naturally to them. They don't want to see it come across as being bragging or, you know, too, too much in people's faces telling them what they're doing. And I think 
it's, it's a little bit of an art that you can find ways to do it in a way that doesn't come across as too much. Mm-hmm. And so I would say volunteering to lead uh, an organization like a uh, different community events, volunteer events that you may have with your organization, be the coordinator or be someone who helps lead that organization. That's a good way to get visibility and start to create it even outside of your job. In your job, it would be volunteering for task forces, volunteering for projects, uh, starting to send status reports to let people know what you're doing. Ask for one-on-one meetings with people that you wouldn't ordinarily meet with or people who are you see as influential in your organization just to have lunch with them. Share that you'd like to learn more about their area. Share what you're doing because that starts to let people know what you're interested in, where you want to go with your career, what you're currently working on, and they may not have known about that. So those are some little ways to do it, but uh, it was a it was a lesson I wish I would have learned earlier on. And um, so I created an infographic, like the top 10 ways of getting visibility for yourself. If anybody would be interested, I'd be happy to pass that along so that you can just get some quick ideas of how to do that uh, because it was something that I didn't learn and I've seen with a lot of people that I coach uh, that it's it can be a struggle for them to even know where to start. It reminds me of one thing I learned in my sales career. If you don't ask, you don't get. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you don't uh, put yourself out there and make make sure that uh, people understand what you are after, you, you won't get the opportunities, right? So self-promotion is key. Self-promotion is critical. Uh, but there's also a way to do it is what I heard from you last time. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't want to do it in the wrong way. There's a there's a book that I first read when I was really getting to this. I, I'll, I'll probably not be able to remember the title perfectly now, and I can send that to you as well. But it's kind of brag the art of tooting your own horn. And in that book, she gives a lot of great ideas of ways to do it, too, for people who are not, you know, it just doesn't come naturally to them. And it's ways that are not um, super crazy because I, I agree with you that if you don't ask for what you want, no one's going to know what you want. Mm. And if you just keep it in and start to build resentment that you're not getting it, well, you may need to look in the mirror a little bit and understand why. And that why could be that you're not telling anybody that that's something that's of interest to you. That is so true. That is so true. And that I can, I can tell you uh, that from personal experience, uh, I would consider myself an introvert and, uh, I realized that uh, people don't come to you unless you put yourself out there, unless you tell what you're doing. So that's that's a key advice, and, and I can totally resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we covered a lot of ground here on the dynamics of how and what to do. I'd like to switch gears and ask you a couple of uh, questions. So um, is there anyone that stands out for you who you have come across that transformed themselves, someone who was uh, an individual contributor and they – they applied a lot of the principles you were asking, you, you, you're mentioning, and they they became a strong leader. Yeah, I mean, I have one person. You're talking about someone that I know personally, right? <laughs> it's always good to, because the next question is going to be a public figure, but I thought you should, I would like to ask a personal uh, okay. Yeah, question. Okay, yeah. Okay, I thought that's where you were going. I just wanted to make sure. sure. Yeah, so I have somebody that, uh, who is a, a person that I worked with, And she came to me for coaching and was starting to lead a very small team, but she was struggling with what I saw as having her own voice 
and being able to know what she wanted and to be able to communicate that and to be able to get things done through others. And so because I recognized that from my own challenges that I'd had in my past, uh, we started really working on that. And what I've seen her do now is she's changed companies, moved across the country And she has started a a new company about a year ago, and she has gone from having two reports to having 16 reports to really demonstrating and making changes for her organization because of just really using her voice and speaking up and saying, you know, I'm not sure I agree with that or help me understand more about that. I mean, there's ways to use your voice in meetings Mm -hmm. that creates that visibility that you are someone who wants to make a difference in that organization. And I've just seen her transform from what you know, where she started to where she is now. And she recently just accepted a new job that's more of a global role. And I feel like she's just going to continue to just see her own challenge, see the challenges that she had in the past and really never go back there again because her confidence is so high now. And she is being seen as really an up and comer in her organization. So it's really, it's really a, a pleasure to watch her transformation that has occurred in just a very short time, you know, maybe a year and a half. That, that's an amazing story, and it's actually inspiring as well. So it's, it shows you what is possible. Right? Yeah. Uh, so now I'd like to ask you a public figure. So, uh, you know, everybody has a, a version or an opinion of someone who they think are great leaders. Who would be your favorite? Uh, like if, you, if, I, if someone stopped you and said, who's your favorite leader of all time? <laughs> what, what, what would he say? Wow, that's like a loaded question for me. <laughs> you don't uh, have to name one. You can give you no problem. Oh, I think, um, so I don't know that there's one I would particularly call out specifically, but I would say it's people who are authentic and people who um, are willing to put themselves out there and say what they think and um, just really help to build other people up and support them. Uh And I mean, I think it's just somebody who I try to be every day. And when I work with people, I try to see the positive things that they're trying to do and really see that they are trying to improve themselves and how can I help them do that. So I think it's, you know, it's just people who are demonstrating those types of qualities for me mm-hmm. uh, that really, I think, make great leaders. Okay. So uh, so you, you see it's, it's hard for you to come up with one name. So is there any, I mean, I like to ask you that question. Is there one or two individuals in the public sphere, uh, a lot, a living or dead, who you would say that's the type of person I would like to be or I would encourage others to be? Hmm. Well, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, and I don't know if anyone has read any of her work or seen her famous TED Talks, but mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't, I would recommend them. And for me, she has been somebody who's really helped me transform how I think about myself mm-hmm. and how I think about others. And I think there are leadership lessons to apply there because a lot of it is Um, where you're being too shy or where you're not speaking up for things or where you're seeing that maybe you're not good enough for a certain role or a promotion. And some of the things that she's talked about is just not being too critical of yourself. And I think that's a tendency that a lot of people can have. So those types of things would hold you back. So even though, you know, her area you may see is um, a little bit different from a leadership standpoint, I would say there are lessons there that you would want to apply as a leader that really have helped me change how I lead other people. 
Yeah, thank you. And she, I think she talked about the concept of vulnerability, right? Uh, mm-hmm. attack. Okay, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, I'm actually reading her book called Rising. Uh, Rising strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's perfect. Like uh, the timing is perfect. For that. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. So we are coming to the end of our interview. So before we conclude, any last words that you'd like to share with the audience? I think, you know, if I if I could put myself in your shoes and be back where I was, it would be just don't wait too long to try to, to work on some of these things and to know who you are. Um, I waited until a little bit later in my career. And had I had the experience and understanding of trying to do some of this stuff earlier on, I think it would have helped me. Um, I think it would have helped me to understand more about self-promotion, getting visibility, and just having that confidence in myself that I knew just as much as anybody else in the organization. And I had a lot of value to provide in the meetings, in the discussions. Don't be afraid to speak up and and say what you think. That's what they're paying you for. That's what you're there for. So they want to hear from you. Don't be shy about that. And I think that's some of the lessons that I, I wish I would have learned a little bit earlier. That's definitely a great point. And thanks for the reminder. You didn't mention that at the beginning. It's always good to come back to that at the end. So Uh, Susan, thank you very much for being a guest. Uh, Lots of great ideas were shared uh, and I appreciate you sharing those with us. Thank you. And for the audience, that that concludes the episode 54 of the Career Medicine Podcast and another episode of the Leadership Expert Series. Thanks for listening. Uh, I have written a brief summary of the interview with uh, links uh, to some of the information that Susan had mentioned. Uh, if you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it's called the Career Medicine Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and even SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Medicine Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>